Well, hey, friends, welcome back to the podcast. Before we jump into our episode, I do want to make a quick reminder. Remember, on March the 1st, the Right Side Up Collective is launching, but you don't have to wait until March the 1st to find out what it is and why you need to be a part of it. You can head over to collective.rightsideupleader.com today or click the link in the show notes below and receive early access to all the important information. You'll even get access to promotional pricing of $20 a month. That price will increase March the 15th. So don't wait. Head over to collective.rightsideupleader.com today and get your spot for a like-hearted community with life-giving leaders all receiving access to ongoing coaching to continue taking next steps to getting healthy, reaching more impact in a way that you're not going to find anywhere else. Now, on to today's episode. Lathan Craft, my dude, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Owen. Appreciate you. Man, I think it's I think it's fair a little bit. We should start with um, our relationship. Really didn't know you. I knew some of your circumstance. A friend introduced us and uh, basically said, do you ever have people out to Colorado uh, to, to host them? That's a, actually a significant part of my ministry is, is I would say a ministry of hospitality. And so we yeah. met at a tough time uh, in your life and leadership and God did some pretty incredible things over those few days. So I felt like I went from not knowing you to knowing you really well uh, in four days. And so that really yeah. being the context of a lot of that. Why don't you share some of that? Why don't you share about what those four days ended up meaning to a lot of your leadership journey? Uh, it's funny. I was talking to us with a friend last week, literally it saved my life. Like I was um, on the verge of not just burnout, but just like end up like not being here. I didn't really, I used to be a pastor. And so I knew that God's call in my heart was to reach the people who aren't in church um, but I've been told by so many different people who I highly respected that that wasn't good enough. Um, and that I wasn't going to pay the bills or that wasn't like a calling or like insert excuse here. Right. And so, um, I just remember I, w- I was living with my grandparents, uh, Winnie, when I met, I told my wife, I had a phone call with some dude in Colorado Springs. So I didn't know, um, and went out to the backyard and, and like just a conversation with you and just. I felt a lot like Hagar and the God who sees me. Like, it's just like uh, the idea that I'm enough um, and what I bring to the table has value, um, despite what everybody else is telling me. So, um, yeah, we met in Colorado. The enemy tried to make that not happen, but we met in Colorado. Um, had some delicious pizza, which I'm not intolerant, but it was still super good. Um, and it literally, like... I think I told you on the airplane, I, I put hope back in my veins. Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't hopeful of anything in life really. Like I, I knew I was a good husband and a good dad, but as far as the business side, like leaving the church world and, to, and saying you're going to go to evangelism is like, yeah, okay. Like go to your thing. And so um, it helped me clarify and gain confidence in knowing that uh, what I'm doing is the calling of my life is, is important. It's enough. And I remember, um, you know, four or five moments more directly from that. First of all, conversations in the car where we're just driving through Colorado, sort of teasing out where have you come from? And that's part of the progression. Where have you come from? Where are you right now? And where are you going? And now we are living in the future, looking back at that moment. And God's taken you to many of those places we discussed. But first yeah. we had to talk about where have you come from? And that was kind of our lunch that the initial lunch we're having. Then I remember okay. you sitting next to a stream and I was probably a hundred yards down the stream and just sitting there for hours and you're writing your hand off. Here's where I am right now. 
And then uh, I remember being up at about 12,000 feet um, at a, on a pass saying, now, where are you going, getting vantage for the future? And so really, in so many ways, that was prophetic in terms of, you know, God feeding us during that time and literally being living water and something about being next to a stream. And there is just something about being at 12,000 feet. You can't not get some kind of vision. I am so small. God does not need yep. me, but for whatever reason, he's choosing to use me. And now we get to hear about now, not only how God has saved your life, go back to listen and listen to Lathan uh, on a, a previous podcast to talk through that, but on how God is using you and redeeming that. And one of those areas is church hurt, a phrase I'm hearing more and more often. And in fact, if, if you have been involved at any church for any period of time, I bet you have small or large capital C or lowercase c church hurt. Lathan, why are you so driven to help folks who have experienced church hurt? Um, there's multiple different reasons. I think Jesus at the temple, um, when he flipped tables in the temple, he wasn't flipping tables because they were, um, selling shirts and they shouldn't have been selling shirts. He was they flipped the table because they took away their safe place. And I think that like the church, church is unique in the sense that it's supposed to be your sale. It's supposed to be your, your peace. And when that's taken away, you're on an island and you have absolutely nowhere to turn, nowhere to go. And if you look at statistics, you just mentioned it, like staggering numbers are happening, like at astronomical rates. And I would be so bold as to say that like the way that America in particular, the Western culture has done church will not sustain um, over the next five, 10 years, just because the people are desiring authenticity and vulnerability. And the way we've programmed Jesus to be is not the person that so many are like desperately hungry for. Um, Jesus said, uh, not even a sparrow falls outside the will of God. And if if he cares that much about sparrows, how much do he care about his image bearers? Like how much do he care about people? In Ephesians 2.10, uh, you're God's masterpiece. Like you are, but so am I. And so are the people that go to your church. And so are like everybody is God's masterpiece. And so if you if you butcher a masterpiece, it, it needs to be addressed. It needs to be talked because um, Jesus is still king. He's still going to come back. He's like, the Bible is real. Uh, but the way that we've presented him is a way that really takes the humanity out of humans. Um, and it's, yeah, it keeps me up in it. It's, um, it's one of those burdens that we bear that God doesn't ask us um, or, or that humans don't ask us to bear. But I think over time sort of lodges on us. And I think a lot of that, obviously coming from your own story and we hear enough people. And I would say similarly, Lathan, yeah. it's when I hear enough stories of implosion and explosion of leaders that God didn't tell me 10 years ago, Hey, you're going to be about the health of leaders. And yet over time, the burden just sort of, you go, that's real. And I want to help yeah. people carry that. And I've heard similar things in your story, but I think one way that's different is how you approach it redemptively versus um, church hurt. I'm just going to share all of my baggage, right? I've got baggage. You've got baggage. We've been hurt because we've loved. And yep. yet you approach it in a redemptive way. Talk about your posture and how that may be different from others that approach church hurt, sort of flinging mud on the bride. Yep. There's a beautiful way to put that, by the way. There's a lot of people who have platforms and podcasts and insert whatever me outlet here 
uh, to bash the church. And we can, we can do that. Like we can sit here for hours and you and I even go back and forth about what we think is wrong with the church. However, Jesus is still the resurrected King. Um, and there's still hope for the American church. There's still hope for church in general. And so my, my hope is that, that each podcast episode is a, is a journey from, Hey, let's talk about what really like your real mess, but let's end it with hope. Because I think that every, I mentioned the beginning of this episode, like you put hope back in my veins. Hope has such a power that it can bring somebody from darkness to light in a split second. And I like from, from just that hope holler segment, I've heard so many stories of people who are like, thank you for not like using your platform to bash as easily as it would be. Like there's so many, Alan, there's so many people in America right now who have deconstructed, which is like the fat, the, the fad word right now. And I'm, I like listening on Twitter spaces, listening on Twitter talks, all those things. And every story is, yeah, I, I'm really fascinated by Jesus, but I really don't like the church. And it's just, it's like, how can we make Jesus more beautiful? And how can we make him, how can we like relate your pain to the pain of Jesus? How can we relate everything you're going through in your life to the life of Jesus? How can we, the hope is the listener who is an exiled ministry, whatever it may be, insert outcast or whatever has enough courage to go back into the church and say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to give this shot. It was shot again because Jesus gave me another shot. That's good. And I think enough conversation that if you're sitting around tables and campfires and cups of coffee, like I do with leaders, um, and you ask people, how have you been hurt? Um, the question's not if, but how, right? Anybody in a marriage, anybody in a long-term friendship. And what's helped me is that the difference between hurt and harm and to say, I I'm inadvertently hurt by people all the time. In fact, I inadvertently hurt people all the time and yet harm with the, you know, malicious intent is, is very different. And so I like to kind of talk about the differences there, um, expectations and frustration and anger and all those things we end up processing a lot during coaching. And so Nathan, I wanted you to come on the podcast so that I can share friends. If, if you are either deconstructing, reconstructing, or you don't even know what word to put on it, but you have been hurt in this community of God's people. That is the church. First of all, you're normal. Number two, you need redemptive spaces yep. to think through that. So what would you say? What are a few things to encourage folks who have been hurt by the church? I think the first thing every time I ask that question is, I'm sorry. Um, because the people that hurt you probably didn't say they were sorry, which caused a lot of more damage in your life. Um, and so from a person who's held both a pastor and a participant title, um, your pain is valid. I'll just say your pain is normal. And I'm sorry for the stuff you've gone through. It's not, that's not the way this thing was designed. Like it's not the way it's supposed to be. Um, another thing is you're allowed the space to grieve. Like what's really, this is crazy. The connection, connecting dots uh, just from my experience with Alan and just the other church. Like I didn't know how to grieve um, for a long time. And I think that our bodies physiologically try to numb ourselves and like, block out anything that's painful because we don't want to deal with pain and my therapist would just say let's lean into it because that's that's the space we can grow um and so you're allowed the space to agree you're not supposed to i think one of the things that really like i have a, have an issue with is there's a lot of church slogans right now that say it's okay not to be okay but it's not okay to say that way and it's like yeah but there's process 
Like we have to honor and respect the process of people. And we have to respect the process of going from reject to redeemed. Like that, that process matters. And so the space that you need to grieve, to be angry, like all the emotions that you're feeling are valid. Um, and so you get that space. And then I, I'm very hesitant because like there are so many different churches out there and so many different translations of everything. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, go back into church because maybe that's, there's an online community. A lot of churches are going online. Like there's a space where you can observe and not participate. Um, and so you can just watch online church, see what, 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 what you're feeling, what your body is reacting. I have a friend of mine who every Sunday morning, she'll just tweet the body keeps the score because she just knows that trauma has done so much damage to her as far as her, her relationship to the church. So it's a, like, I'm sorry, give yourself space and just start from the, like start with the breadcrumbs. Don't worry about trying to, to redeem it all at once. Like be a part of the process. That's good. And it almost is like it, it could be minimizing somebody else's pain. It's not okay to stay there. Well, many times we forget how long God has been moving. When I say is we expect in 10 minutes what God did in us in 10 years, like one yeah. conversation is going to shift somebody. And yeah. I mean, that's coaching conversations all week long, literally partnering with God in the transformation business, be ready to be patient. And I would say, if you're yeah. listening, the same is true of yourself, be ready to be patient. And I, and I say, I'm, I'm really glad God's more patient with me than I am with other people. Mm. And, and I think that's magnified when you add more people to that and the complexity yeah. of maybe when I hoped to be nourished and instead actually felt rejected, man, that's, man, that's hard. Um, yep. And we could talk for hours about that. We probably shouldn't uh, here on the podcast. Lathan, we'll bring you back in here to joy to just walk alongside of you um, as a coach and as a friend. And I want you guys to hear about the other side of the church podcast. This is something we talked about in Colorado. We continue to talk about um, share why you, you needed to launch this podcast and why it's called the other side of the church. Um, because the other side of the church is never addressed. And what's really funny is my wife actually um, came up with a name in a very deep season of church hurt for me personally. She said, you need to call the podcast outside of the church because there's the side that you, you see and there's a the side that's unseen. Um, and so what if we could redeem their side of the church in a sense that we could have, we could create a space for vulnerable conversations. Um, I mean, like I have conversations with people that don't get aired because it's just like, where you are in your process is not going to help the person that's listening. Um, and not, not redemptive yet. And, yeah, and just, yeah. okay. Yeah. And, and if, if you're going to take the air time to bash and just like talk bad about the church that we're not, we're not accomplishing anything here. Um, and so we, we address real issues. Like for instance, today, uh, my, one of my podcast episodes just launched and it's with a woman who survived a school shooting and she wrote a book called when thoughts and prayers aren't enough. And it's all about how she was a victim of school of gun school violence. And she went back to church and nobody seemed to care and nobody seemed to like talk about her pain. Um, and she's dedicated the rest of her life to how can the church care about gun control? How can the church care about these things where students every day are being trained about an active shooter? And so um, I, I really desire the space to be authentic uh, for, for real like hurt to be addressed. But once you've had, once you've understood how dark, dark can be, you understand how beautiful, beautiful can be. 
Um, and so that's the, that's the hope at the end of the podcast is we're not going to stay there. We're actually going to, we're going to end it with hope. Mm, that's good. Well, friends, check out the other side of the church podcast. And um, there's actually a website you can get some other resources on. We'll leave that in the show notes. Lathan, as always, man, continue all that God is doing in and around you. It's been beautiful to walk along uh, with your family, even in the midst of so much pain uh, this past year. It's It's been a joy, even in the midst of that. Uh, maybe one thing that you would leave leaders with who are down, who are discouraged, who are exhausted or stuck. It's been an incredibly complex and therefore exhausting season to, to lead. Can you just leave somebody with an encouraging nugget as we conclude this episode. Yeah, it's actually the same thing you told me the first the first word out of your mouth when I came into Colorado Springs. You probably don't remember saying it, but it's actually also how I finished my podcast outro. I'm happy you're here. Mm. I mean, there's there's a space that we're all trying to figure out this thing called humanity. And I'm happy you're here. Keep going. Um keep keep trying, keep fighting. Uh, your efforts are not in vain, no, no matter if they seem that way or, or not. Awesome. Keep up the good work. Friends, check out Other Side of the Church podcast with Lathan Craft. Shot, shot. We focus so long.